I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Welcome back. In the last episode, I was discussing muscular endurance. And today, we're gonna be talking about hypertrophy. And in this episode, I'm gonna cover what is hypertrophy, what are the benefits, and how can personal trainers and coaches program to enhance hypertrophy in their clients and in themselves as well. So let's begin, what is hypertrophy? Well, first of all, you'll hear it pronounced in different ways. People often say hypertrophy, hypertrophy, I say hypertrophy, I think one's probably American, one's probably English, Um, I wouldn't worry about it. Say it however you like. And what does it actually mean? Well, it refers to the growth of muscle tissue. So when we put tension on our muscles, one of the adaptations is they grow. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, already I kind of want to switch off because I'm not really interested in growing larger muscles, then I do urge you to keep listening because there might be some surprising benefits that you weren't aware of. And so, as I said, hypertrophy is the increase in muscle size. Now we, I don't want to get too technical because it get a bit sciencey, a bit boring, but our understanding with muscle is it grows in two different ways. And they actually do that simultaneously, so it's not like there's two separate processes, they do it together. Now within a muscle fibre, if you zoom in super close, under a microscope, you'll see that we've got something within them called myofilaments, actin and myosin. And when we train, people often talk about training to damage the muscle tissue so that it repairs thicker and stronger. That's what we're doing. We're damaging those myofilaments so they do repair, but then we send satellite cells down to the damaged area, we lay down more cells. So then what happens is overall, the muscle becomes thicker. And this is, this is a good thing, this is what we want because thicker muscles produce more force. And I'll, I'll talk about the benefits of more in a second. So that's one way. Now, if you have more active myofilaments, then they require more energy. So within the muscle, we also have something called sarcoplasm, which is kind of like the storage of energy energy substrates, really. So if you've got thicker muscles, they require more energy, so you get more sarcoplasm. And sarcoplasm kind of fills the spaces within a muscle, so it will increase the muscle size that way. So the two areas, really, where your muscle's getting larger is increased thickness and number of myofilaments, and then the increased sarcoplasm around that. So that's how it grows. What are the benefits? Well, like I said, the obvious one is larger muscles produce more force. So it's one of the one of the influencing factors of strength. Generally, larger, more muscular people produce more force, they're stronger. So that's useful. But when we're growing muscle, one of the things that we also get along with the growth of muscle is we get an increase in thickness of our connective tissue. So ligaments that join bone to bone. So when we're putting our muscular skeletal system under stress and tension, it's not just the muscles that are getting the the stress and the tension, it's also those connective tissues. So they will also adapt. So thicker ligaments that connect bone to bone and support uh, joints in the body, if they're more robust and thicker, then that reduces injury risk. So 
you know, we, we have a more robust skeleton from that point of view. We also increase our bone density. Um, so within the bones, we've got all these minerals, bone minerals. When we put pressure through the bone with a good nutritious diet as well, then what happens is we lay down more bone cells. So we have something called osteoblasts that build more bone cells and the bones become thicker and denser. So they're less likely to fracture and break, et cetera, when we, when we fall over or we, we connect with other people in contact sports. So think about that from, we've got a, an athletic point of view, but then we've also got a health point of view. So from a health point of view, as we get older, our bones will naturally lose their density and our muscles will naturally atrophy, which is the opposite to hypertrophy. But what we can do to counter that is resistance training. And you know, specifically a phase of hypertrophy training would, would be great. By the way, this isn't the only phase where you can increase muscle size. So it doesn't, it's not a case of, you know, you're working on muscular endurance, all that does is build endurance, then you switch into hypertrophy and all you do is build muscle size. It doesn't quite work like that. The different phases are just a more, are better and more suitable for optimal muscle endurance or optimal hypertrophy or optimal strength. So that's how the phases work. So what I'm discussing is optimal for hypertrophy. So as we're getting older, we don't want our muscles to atrophy because we, lo we lose function. We lose, our metabolism gets lower, which means it's easier for us to store body fat. And we find that our bones lose their density and that, in the early days we call that osteopenia but if that becomes quite bad then we have what's called osteoporosis which is is not a good thing if you're falling over you're going to break bones really easily so we want to avoid that very painful um, and then also we mentioned ligaments but also we've got um, tendons that connect muscle to bone and they'll get thicker as well so think about all the different connected tissues everything that makes a good strong robust muscular skeletal system or well, a hypertrophy phase of training is going to be wonderful for improving that. Now in strength and conditioning, we often refer to the hypertrophy phase as armor building. I, I quite like that as well. I, rather than it being that sort of emphasis on it's just about building muscle. Now obviously bodybuilders, they'll spend a lot of time in this phase of training because that's what they're when, they're, when they're on stage and they're being judged by judges, that's what they're scored on. The size, the symmetry, the aesthetics, obviously the, the leanness as well and everything else. But that's, a, that's very important building muscle. But when we look at it from a athletic point of view, a performance point of view, you're building armor. But when you're whacking on thick, dense muscle, that comes with all those strong connective tissues, which means you're less likely to get injured. The longevity of your sport is gonna be improved. Um, if you're in, I mean, particularly, if you're in a contact sport like rugby, even like sports where it's not really meant to be contact, but it happens, you know, basketball, um, hockey, netball, there is going to be times where you come in contact with an opponent and if it's hard, you know, you have high velocity, people get injured, they get hurt and thicker muscles, thicker connected tissues mean you're going to be much better at coping with that. So there's a big plus to hypertrophy from a performance point of view. Increased strength, increased robustness. And then if you think about also just from a survival point of view, now when I did one, when I did my master's, one of my assignments, we had to choose an athlete and we had to design a test battery. So we had to research the athlete, design a test battery that would assess the athlete in relation to their sport. So we would work out all the different components of fitness that would be very, very helpful for that athlete, assess where they are now, compare that to where they should be, and then uh, write a program to kind of fill the, fill the, the gaps, basically. And um, I chose tactical athletes 
just because it's not something that, you know, I suppose I'd always been interested in it, but I thought, well, I don't want to choose something that I've got a lot of research, you know, got a lot of um, knowledge and understanding in already. So I chose something a little bit off the wall and I chose tactical athletes, which is like an umbrella term for law enforcement people, uh, people, even the fire service, um, but mainly military, really, people that work in the military. And uh, all the stuff that I read, um, I stumbled upon some research that showed that if people, and this isn't going to be um, groundbreaking, you're going to listen to this and go, well, of course. <laughs> but it was great to see the research and have that kind of reinforced. But there was a ton of research that showed that if somebody looks physically strong and has presence, they are a harder target um, for people that might want to attack them. Now, the, the one study I looked at was prison guards. So prison guards, there's an inverse correlation between the number of attacks upon a prison guard and the size and, and the sort of stature of the prison guard, which basically means the more of a, a unit you are as a prison guard, the less likely you are to get attacked by the inmates. Now, again, probably thinking, well, this is pretty obvious, John, surely. But we, can, we make assumptions about things, but it's then nice to have that data to reinforce it. Anyway, I read some other stuff that looked at um, people that were, uh, well, in, they interviewed people that were in prison and they talked to people that um, snatched people's bags, uh, you know, mug, people that mugged people, uh, just attackers in general. And I'm probably butchering this, but <laughs> this is my conclusion from it. The, they obviously choose their targets carefully. So if they're gonna steal someone's bag, they're gonna choose someone that looks like they can't, for a start, run after them. And if they did run after them, if they caught them, they're not gonna get hurt by that person. So just looking like you can handle yourself, you can, you can run and, if you, and you can fight, potentially, does keep you a bit safer. So there is something to, to consider there for both men and women is a, a bit of lean muscle mass does give you a bit of presence and does make you a harder target. So I do think that's something to consider. It certainly resonated with me. So that's, that's, that's something to factor in there as a benefit. So we've got definitely increased performance for specific sports. And also don't forget, like sometimes people think, oh, I don't want to get bigger because if I get bigger, I'm going to get slower in my sport. But it's about your body composition. If you increase your functional mass and you reduce your non-functional mass, you can be the same weight. So you just recomposition your body. So if you're 90 kilos, and for the whatever sport you play, say it is basketball, 90 kilos is a good weight for you. And you've done the research, and you, you, actually that's typically a really good sort of average weight for a basketball player. I'm just chucking random numbers out there now. Now of that 90 kilos, you want to use up the majority of that 90 kilos with a good, dense, robust skeleton and muscle mass. You don't want excess body fat that is non-functional. All that, all that body fat is doing is giving you energy. Well, you don't need that in a basketball game. You're going to have that floating around in your, your muscles and your liver and your blood. So you don't want excess body fat weighing you down that's not functional. So you want to burn off that fat and replace that with hard, lean, dense muscle. So just consider that if you're, if you're, if you're scared of building muscle because you don't want to get heavier, just ask yourself the question, have you got some unwanted body fat that you could replace with some lean muscle? So that'd be my advice there. So benefits, I think I've covered them. You're gonna get stronger. You're gonna have a, a denser, more robust musculoskeletal system overall, which is obviously gonna reduce your injury risk when you're playing sports. If you are 
just considering health, you don't really care about performance, then if you do fall over um, in any situation, you're less likely to break bones and you know, damage joints and tear muscles, etc. You're gonna have more presence, you're gonna be a harder target for any would-be predator out there. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Okay, right, so I've uh, talked about the benefits. Let's move on to how do we actually program for our clients? Now, as I said previously, it's not that any other type of phase of training isn't gonna get some sort of hypertrophy effect on a client, because yeah, I mean, it will. I mean, there's, there's data out there that shows actually people can increase muscle mass, even doing, I think, reps up to something like 50. If you look at um, cyclists, their calf muscles are generally pretty big and definitely there's definitely some hypertrophy happen there. Uh, and we would argue, well, that's not in the hypertrophy phase if they're doing high reps on a bike. Um, so it is still possible to get hypertrophy from other phases of training. However, as I said, we're talking about optimal phases and during the optimal phase of hypertrophy training, we're looking at reps in the six to 12 rep range, ideally. So if you're on a barbell bench press, you know, looking at doing six reps, eight, 10 or 12 of those. And I would say probably more towards the higher end of that because something else that is important is time under tension. So time under tension is how long those muscles are under tension for, usually recorded in seconds. And anything from sort of 30 to 60 seconds seems to be pretty good. So if, you're, if you think, if you're doing 10 reps and it takes you about three seconds to do each repetition, that total time under tension is 30 seconds. Now this is, this is quite important to take note of actually because generally clients, not just clients, but you know, us as trainers and coaches, we like to smash out our reps as quickly as possible. We just want to get it done. And what happens is if often if you time it, the set will be 10 or 15 seconds because you've bashed it out so quick. And that is not optimal for muscle growth. The tension, there isn't enough tension there to, to trigger that growth. So we, we do need to think about that if we really want our muscles to grow. So what you can do is you can prescribe tempos to counter this. So for example, another sort of belief in the strength and conditioning world is that the negative phase or the eccentric phase of a repetition, which is where your muscles are under tension but getting longer. So think about lowering a barbell during a barbell bench press. During that phase, we believe that that is actually the most significant portion of the lift for triggering muscle growth. So what you can do is you can slow that bit down. So as you're bringing that bar down towards you, you could do that for four seconds. So you're going down, two, three, four, then push up. Now, if you add that up, four seconds down, second going up, that's five seconds. If you're doing 10 reps, that's 50 seconds for the set. Uh, that's, that's a time under tension of 50 seconds. So I don't want you guys to get confused or, or find this like we're overcomplicating things. All I would just take, bear in mind is that if you're flying through the sets very quickly, there might not be enough tension there to get optimal growth. So think about slowing the eccentric part of the exercise down. So that's something that you can certainly consider. So we've got the reps six to 12, probably towards the 10, 12 rep, reps, just to keep that tension higher. You've also got your sets. So it's probably between three to six sets. Now, um, Brad uh, Schoenfeld, 
so he's a good guy to look into google him if you've not heard of him before but he's a natural bodybuilder or used to be a natural bodybuilder and he's also his phd is basically in hypertrophy so he is the kind of go-to person when it comes to all the data and research for building muscle and he uh, suggested I, I read in some of his i've got a few of his books but one of them he suggests in there about getting at least sort of 10 sets per muscle group per week to get some growth and actually even up to 20 for those more advanced lifters so what that could look like is if you're training a client three times a week if you're hitting their chest for four sets on a monday four sets on a wednesday and then four sets on a friday add that up that's 12 sets so it could look something like that so think about that so typically with hypertrophy style training or bodybuilding type training we program with muscles don't have to you can still think about movements like pushes and pulls that's fine but often we will think about muscles so hitting the chest three times a week minimum four sets per session deltoids back etc and so that's a, that's a really good i think that's a really good sort of standard is to think about that and it, you don't have to go straight in there with four sets you can start with two sets and then you'll just progress your client over time and if they you know if they're saying that i'm not building enough muscle i'm not really happy with the, the rate of muscle growth then you you would go from there you go well we, you know we're only doing two at the moment let's progress to three um you know there's other factors which i'll talk about in a sec as well that will influence growth so we're going six to twelve reps three to six sets ideally if you're doing three times a week probably four um We've talked about time under tension, 30 to 60 seconds. Rest periods for the big muscle groups, you might be wanting to rest for as long as two minutes, maybe 90 seconds. And then for the smaller muscle groups like biceps, 30 seconds is probably enough. So that range, um, if you look, if you read a manual on this sort of thing, it will say one to two minutes rest between. Um, but like I said, you know, for very small muscle groups, you can probably get away with 30 seconds. And we want to be going where we don't really feel completely ready because we're trying to stress the muscles. We're trying to go when they're like still recovering because we want to get that microscopic damage and tear so they get the muscles go, oh, blimey, this is, this is tough. If I'm going to be getting this regularly, I better lay down a few more extra myofilaments and build thicker muscle to cope with this level of attention on, th on this volume and this frequency. Don't forget progressive overload is all about subjecting your muscles to a stress they're not accustomed to gradually over time so they do adapt. So there we go. So I think I've covered those, those uh, sort of requirements for building muscle from a programming perspective. Um, I suppose I could talk about split routines. So split routines, we, we often get a bit bogged down with breaking muscles up into like chest and triceps, back and biceps shoulders and legs that type of split now there is a downside if someone's training three times a week if you break it up per muscle like that it's a whole week until you're training those muscles again so it's quite a long time so i personally wouldn't do that like i did that back in the day when i first started and it's a fun way to train just focusing on a couple of muscles per training session but i would argue it's certainly not optimal because you're only hitting chest once a week if you're doing it on a monday you're only hitting shoulders once a week if you're doing it on a wednesday etc so definitely try to avoid that now if you're only training three times a week i still go with the total body approach it's 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 effective it's i would i would argue it is the single best way to train because you're hitting those muscles three times a week great frequency of training now if you're training four times a week you can actually still do that even though people go, oh, but what about the 24 hours, sorry, 48 hours rest between hitting those muscle groups? Um, 
largely a myth. You don't necessarily need to do that. You can try that out with yourself or with clients, see how you recover, but you can do that total body workout four times a week if you want. If you prefer not to, then yeah, maybe go upper lower split. And if you go upper lower split, Monday upper body, Tuesday lower body, Wednesday off, Thursday upper body, Friday lower body, weekend off. That works really well, but still remember you're hitting those muscles now just twice a week as opposed to three times a week. Still effective, but perhaps not as effective as, as hitting things three times a week. So um, that's how you can do the splits. There's various other splits, but they tend to be my go-to ones, to be fair. I think they're um, the most effective. And then we need to really talk about what about all the other factors? So I mentioned training, but if you're writing programs for your clients and they're really serious about their muscles growing, there are other factors that come into play and you are gonna to have to give them advice on that. And one of the biggies, which I think is probably overlooked, is sleep. So when we're asleep, that is when the majority of our repair processes take place. So when you're training, you're not growing. You're breaking down when you're training. It's when you're sleeping that you're growing. So for those people that are really serious about muscle growth, not just muscle growth actually, but just recovering from workouts in general, even like endurance athletes, really take your sleep seriously because the longer you sleep and the better quality of your sleep, the more you repair, the better gains you're gonna get. So make sleep certainly a priority. And then that will trigger all the other things that affect your sleep. So if, you're, if you do drink a lot, well for a start, drinking does reduce your testosterone levels, which is a very, very significant hormone for building muscle. So if you're a big drinker, definitely try and nip that in the bud, because that's gonna counter your goals big time. Um, but that's also gonna affect your sleep. So you, you will not sleep your quality of sleep is not gonna be as good if you're drinking, so definitely sort that out. Um, and think about anything else you might do that's gonna affect your quality of sleep. So if you're one of those people that plays with your phone late at night, um, so you're quite wired, you've got that blue light stimulating you, you're just not gonna sleep as deeply. So, you know, I could do a whole podcast on sleep, but there's, there's, there's experts out there. And if you do a bit of Googling, do a bit of research, They'll give you all the tips for sleep. In fact, the NHS website has some fantastic tips on sleep. You probably already know them. Make sure your environment is set up for good sleep. Blackout curtains, remove all technology, re remove all fake lighting, have a routine, go to, the, go to bed at the same time every night, get up at the same time every morning. That is the one thing, well, I'll say the one thing, I was about to say, that's one thing that I do right. I do more than just one thing right, but that is certainly something that I, I guess I pride myself on is, at the weekends, whatever. Like even if I if I have a slightly later night later night than I normally do, I will still get up early um, at my regular time because I don't want to affect my sleeping patterns. So and that's something that I strongly encourage. So sleep's obviously really important. Nutrition now, protein gets talked about a lot when we talk when we talk about muscle building, and I've spoken about it before in you know webinars and I've written blogs on it. And uh, really, all I'm doing is regurgitating research that's out there or things that the National Strength and Conditioning Association are, are putting out there. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff just recently where, I won't go into massive detail, but check out the ZOE podcast because they're, they, they've been sort of suggesting that protein has been completely um, overestimated for, um, for everybody. And actually we can all do perfectly fine with a lot less. The last year, my protein intake has been considerably lower than it ever has been. And I don't feel any different. So <laughs> protein is important, 
But if you're eating good quality food, you will be getting good proteins. So my, my advice to anyone who really wants to build muscle as far as nutrition goes is really think about the quality of the food you're eating, single ingredient foods, unrefined, um, avoid that ultra processed stuff, fibrous fruit and vegetables, whole grains, beans, all that stuff. That is gonna be far better for you because not only are you gonna get all the great fiber, which is gonna be great for your gut bacteria, which is gonna prime your body for recovery and repair and rebuild better. You're also gonna get all the vitamins and minerals in there, which again, you know, they're gonna contribute to loads of great stuff like making enzymes to speed up chemical reactions in your body that again, help you uh, repair and rebuild much better. So your go-to focus for nutrition is good quality food and avoiding crap food and alcohol intake. Now, the other thing I guess we can't get around is our genetic makeup. And people all try and cheat this with obviously performance enhancing substances, etc. i.e., you know, steroids, injecting synthetic hormones into their body. Um, don't recommend that. Um, I'm not an expert in it. I'm not gonna go into details about the whys and um, hows, etc. But I just, I wouldn't recommend it. I think it's, I think from a psychological point of view, it's far better to just accept that you can only control the controllables. So like think about what you've been given and use that to the best of your ability and, and, and accept that. Um, I'm saying this now, maybe I'll feel differently when I'm 60 and I'm, I can see my PBs dropping like you can't believe and maybe I will go to the doctor and see if I can get tested for low T level and see what I can get. But at the moment, as a, as a 44 year, four year old man, uh, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that some of my numbers are dropping now as I'm getting older and it's hard to hit what I could before. But I think genetically, it's just important to use what you've got really. And we can all build muscle, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, I've had clients where I can't build muscle, I can't build muscle. And then I'll train them and they'll build muscle and they'll be like, oh, wow, you know, and they'll think I've done something magical. And all I've done is kept the consistently training. So in their head, they're like, oh, I train loads, but you know, I never get the results. And actually, they haven't been training as much as they thought they had. And when they train with me, when they train consistently three times a week, and I have a cancellation policy, which means if they text me that morning, so they can't make the session, they still pay for it. It means they, they keep coming and they get gains. So usually with a lot of people, they're going, oh, I'm not growing, I'm not growing. But if they're honest to themselves, they just haven't been consistent. Three times a week, stay the course, trust the process. In the great words of Dave Hall, um, trust the process. So that's, that's, that's obviously really important. Okay, so I've covered nutrition, sleep, um, obviously avoiding alcohol, uh, genetics are important, obviously you can't modify those, but just accept what genes you have and use them to the, to the best of your ability. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? So just to recap, to make your muscles grow, we want to make sure in the reps of six to 12, uh, six to 12 rep range, three to six sets, make sure the time under tension is 30 to 60 seconds, um, volume, beats intensity in my opinion so you're better off trying to progress your volume than lifting heavier and heavier and heavier and harder and harder and harder uh, i like a total body workout three times a week or an upper lower split four times a week you could try um, we've also got uh, the benefits of hypertrophy are improved sports performance greater force production uh, more robust skeleton less likely to get injured you avoid 
muscle sarcopenia, which is muscles getting smaller as you get older, osteoporosis, which is your bones degenerating as you get older, less likely to hurt yourself will fall over, loads of good stuff. Oh, and, and obviously, I mean, this occurs with every phase, but with every phase of training, when you're doing those movements and you're focusing on different muscles, you will uh, build coordination, which helps with balance and less likely to fall over as you're getting older. All right. There we go, hypertrophy. So hopefully I've covered everything that you kind of want to know then, you've learned something. Next episode, I'm going to actually talk about functional hypertrophy. So I'm just going to talk about how can we make the muscles that we're growing a little bit more functional. And I know this word functional gets thrown around a lot. It's a little bit of a buzzword. It's a bit trendy, which certainly was. Um, I think it's, um, it's becoming a bit more um, understood now. But um, just thinking about giving somebody a program where they can still have a bit of an emphasis on muscle building, but also building some strength and doing that in a way that's, that's functional. Hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, something you can do for me is subscribe to my show. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content, then please share it with them too. You can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk fill out a contact form that'll come straight to me i will contact you shortly afterwards and i look forward to speaking to you then